you, if you're listening to this, you probably noticed we haven't had a show in a long time, and we actually have had some shows that just didn't get recorded. Frankly, Ted. <laughs> and it's no, hot. We recorded a show a week or two ago, but some uh, something happened, and my part didn't get recorded. So you don't only it had been a one sided show. Would have been a monologue. so we just scrapped it, and then we've been busy. So yeah, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna. I'm going to find a way to renegotiate my setup here. And uh, so it's just a little more error proof than, than some of these things. But, uh, yeah. you know, uh, should we do the announcements? Yeah, go ahead. We you want to talk about some stuff. We should do some announcements. Yeah. Uh, the other deal is Holger Projects, which you're talking about. We sent out 10 cameras. Is that mm-hmm. where we were? And uh, I haven't actually gotten any back yet. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Could be a problem. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, you know, the no, project kind of doesn't work. Well, yeah, and I've emailed all the groups. They, they, uh, you know, a couple of them just had stuff come up, and I understand totally. But to provide some incentive, and I've announced this on the Twitter, but uh, I will do a live broadcast processing the first roll of black and white that comes back. So that would be cool. Yeah, it might be kind of or really boring, one or the other. Um, exactly. I'll do that on Ustream or Justin TV. And so I could talk while we develop, and then we'll scan, and you'll be the first to see the first roll come back. Except we're going to be in a dark room, so it's going to be totally pitch black video. You're <laughs> right. Time. Actually, I could do film in the dark bag, so, so we'll be okay on that. Uh, so that, that'll that be cool, so stay tuned. I'll make sure I announce it, so I won't like get it in the mail and race in and start the broadcast. So I'll give one. I've, I've got my own. Um, let me show this to you. They're not going to see this, but you will. But I've got my own role going. and I, Oh, yeah? I, it's taking me. But look, Where I got the you? whole flash on it. Nice. The whole flash. So I've never really used the flash before. Um, so that I'm going to shoot this whole roll of film with the flash on it and see what those come out like. Dude, Rocket, so. you've got a Holga on your shirt too. Oh yeah, I do this. I just threw this t-shirt on this <laughs> one, but I look like some kind of freak. Look, but I bought all this for Becca, but here's oh, the whole cool. bag. Oh, you're just, it's Holga everything. Does that a Holga strap? Holga flash. Um, when we went to New Orleans, I bought all this stuff for her, so she had her own little set and everything, and it was very cool. That's awesome. But, um, so I'm going to use it now. Now that we're doing, you're doing this book thing and everything. Dude, so. Becca rocks some cool Holga shots. I've seen, I've seen really? her work. Yeah, she takes pictures all the time, but she never posts them, which drives me crazy. I'm going to get on her too, dude. I know. Say so this, this is bunk. She got tons of cool pictures on her iPhone, and we're talking about my wife, and um, takes stuff all the time, but just never posts it. She's the opposite of me. Yeah. Who posts everything. Yeah, we post. We, we just can't. St- Speaking of posting, I have one mm. other announcement to make, too. Oh. Have you seen uh, the Art of Photography Extra stuff that I'm doing? Um, I saw that you were doing it, but I haven't had a chance to watch a show yet. Okay, here, here's I'm going to make an extra right now. See, I got my flip cam. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, is that what you're recording it on? Yeah, it is. Hang on. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit record. I, I did see that you were doing it, like, from the office or something. Hang on. There we go. Yeah, from the office. So yeah. now I'm... I'm I'm recording you so people can see the hard work that goes into the photography show. Show them your Holga shirt. So this is his official Holga shirt. So, yes, so people never get to see me. I know. I'm doing we it behind. Have, they're seeing you now. We should have more shows just about me. Yeah, we should. Smile. Aw. <laughs> so that's the behind-the-scenes Skype call here. Um, okay. So what I'm doing with these is I'm going to post them onto – here, let me turn this off – uh, I'm going to post them on YouTube. So here's the deal. When I record the other podcast, and well, this one too for that matter, 
I mean, we do a lot of work on these, and you got to mm-hmm. set up, and there's preparation. Blah, blah, blah. And Nobody so, gives us any money. Yeah, the money ain't rolling in. <laughs> Just yeah. Actually, real quick, let me stop. Sorry, I have all these announcements. I've had some people donate money to the cause on the Holger Projects, and oh, just yeah. to publicly say thank you very much. It's totally. That's been awesome. very generous. Yeah, yeah, very cool. But anyway, the whole thing with uh, auto photography extras is like sometimes there's something to say or something to show and all that I don't want to wait and like do this massive setup and lighting and all that later. Right. So, so it's like tidbits here and there. Yeah. So I put them on the flip cam, and I've been throwing them up on YouTube, and people tend to like them, discuss them, yeah, things like that's that. That's cool. It is cool. And then what's kind of interesting about it is I've, I've had comments on the Twitter and I hadn't neglected to remember uh, you can't get YouTube in certain countries like I think China I may do a podcast feed for these I don't think it'd be real exciting but I mean people want to see them then I can put them up it's not a big deal yeah but so, if one out especially good or gets a lot of feedback then yeah so one more link for the show notes if you want to see these uh, follow me on Twitter or We'll talk about the Google Plus in a minute, but uh, Twitter or Google, and uh, I'll post these, or YouTube, the URL is youtube.com slash the art of photography. Yeah, I think that just gave me a good idea of like what we can kind of talk about today that I, you know, how we we always fly seat of our pants type of thing. But um, last week when we recorded, but it didn't get recorded, I mentioned uh, 500px, which is a yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk. Posting a lot of my uh, photos to um, it which is something kind of new on the horizon that's like Flickr, but it's, um, it, it's different. It's a little bit more elegant. It's, it's a, it, it's a, the style of the site's done a little bit nicer and people are kind of putting up their best stuff rather than just, um, you know, everything. And it's, it, it seems to be more international than Flickr. I mean, as far as like, there's not as many people from America as there are people from the rest of the world on there. So, um, but you see a lot of great work, especially if you're into architecture, there's tons of great architecture on there. Tons of stuff you would love, Ted, that's black and white, very, um, subtle, um, just very simple architecture stuff. A lot of, you know, a lot of square format stuff shot, shot on either, you know, Hasselblad or Holga's or whatever, stuff like that. And then there's just all kinds of really artistic stuff too. So, um, that that's a great place to start posting your pictures and looking at other people's pictures to get inspiration for sure. Yeah, I have noticed it. I, I've signed up for an account. I haven't put anything. I've seen your stuff on there, uh-huh. and I've I've fished around. And yeah, the general okay. quality overall is very nice. What yeah, I liked about it too, and this is a problem. I mean, I still love Flickr. Don't get me wrong. No, no, me too. Yeah, I mean, and we were on there like in the early days and back before Yahoo bought it. And I always mm-hmm. was concerned about Yahoo buying it because Yahoo's not really thought of as a company that's going to like you know, keep something innovative. I think the staff over there has done a pretty good job, but it really feels like 500 PX is like the next generation of what Flickr should be doing right now. Which Just, is, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, people putting up their best stuff and, 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 and there's, there's several ways to show, show your portfolio on there. There's these big squares that people can click on, but they also give you almost like a website, um, the link that you can click on. And, uh, if you don't have a website and you want a free one, 500 PX will, will give that to you. I think and, you can uh, hook up a custom URL. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah can. So you can do some really cool stuff with it. So it's definitely, it's definitely a, something new on the horizon that a lot of people are getting into. And, um, so if you wanted to have Wade Griffith photography.com point there, you could pay a little you extra. Could, and, definitely. You know, right. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's and it, they, it's a great looking uh, website if you want to do that. And I think that all these are still great. You know, I'm still a huge Flickr fan, and I have different places that I put all my pictures for different reasons. Like um, Flickr for me right now is kind of like uh, where when I'm done if when I'm done with a project and I edit it down to my few favorite top ten pictures from that, I might dump them all into Flickr. Yeah, um, and kind of show everything that was there and get some feedback and. Uh, people looking at those and, and see if one stands out. My really artistic stuff or stuff that you know I'm like really proud of, but that might be a little bit too artistic or whatever to maybe even put on my normal uh, website, commercial website. I'll, I might put on 500px because that's where all the cool. really artistic stuff's going. And then my more commercial stuff that I'm trying to really you know get jobs from and 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 sell myself commercially. Um, I'm, I'm putting on my website, but I do have a, a personal link, of course, on my website too, to kind of show some of my cooler stuff, just me shooting what I want to shoot. So, um, cool. but there's, I, there, there's different places for everything, you know, which is great. Um, yeah, there like, is. I want to talk about Google plus and how even people are show, showing a lot of their photos and stuff on there now. But I, I actually remember we did talk about Google plus in the episode that got ganked last week right. but right. Yeah. um <laughs> i i really i i've been on google plus for a couple of weeks now and i'm really liking it um google plus if you don't know it's going to be google's social network and it is kind of in beta right now and so i don't think i think you can request an invite but here's the deal i have 150 invites it's telling me here yeah tons of people are on there already. so yeah if you if you would like to get on here and want an invite i'll tell you what uh, i would need your email address to do it but if you get on Twitter and you follow me, uh, just send me a – I try to follow everybody back on there unless you're just a spamaholic or something. But anyway, uh, direct message me your email and tell me you want an invite, and I'll, uh, I'll put you on there. But yeah. uh, Google Plus is cool. What I like about it, first of all, like the, it's the, it's kind of like the same comparison of 500px to, um, to Flickr. It's like the UI is so good on there. Uh, the visual design, all that stuff is way better than Facebook, I think. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, also, what is Facebook has turned into, and it may be different for different people, but for me, it's like, and this is, I think, the real call to Google+. And this has been a complaint, I think, with a lot of people in the tech community for a long time, is that you... Uh, Facebook has kind of become this catch-all. It's like I've got friends on there. There's this buttload of people from high school that I haven't talked to in years that quote-unquote friend me on there. Uh, you know, there's always the ex-girlfriends and stuff. Then there's like your mom <laughs> and your dad and your family. And then there's all these work people. And then there's people who watch the show. And so it's this weird, you know, kind of mash of everything. And the problem yeah. that a lot of social networks have is that – I don't like the word curation in this context, but that's what it is, is there's no way to curate this. And so, for instance, Google Plus allows you to do two things. What what the premise is, is that when you add somebody, you add them to what they call a circle. So you can make up as many circles as you want. And so they're kind of like groups or mm -hmm. maybe kind of like lists on Twitter. And so you could put, I have one for, uh, you know, friends. I have one for family. I have one for work. I have, you know. And so if I want to... Um, Acquaintance. Say, yeah, acquaintances. Just following. Yeah. yeah. And, if, and if I have something that's like, pretty obscure show related stuff i could you know blast that out to viewers I, what you do is you put uh when you put a posting on there you can make it public it's visible to everyone if i want to send some photos to my mom that i don't really want all my friends seeing or something i could just like put family as the circle that it posts to so you can post to different circles but what i really like about it is that you can do the opposite when you're looking at the stream you can filter by circle so if i just want to see um what uh, you know, programmers, computer programmers are doing. I have a list of people who are developers that are in there, so I'll look in there. Or if I just want to see what, I have a photography list if I want to look at images. And so I can customize 
that stream of what I'm viewing to whatever that is that I want. If I yeah, that is very cool. And I, I really hadn't, I mean, I of course see that happening on there and I haven't utilized it as much as you. I've, I'm on there. I, I put my bio up. I've, up, I've uploaded a video to see how that looked, some photos, yeah. see how that looked, uh, and, and to see how it worked. And it is very smooth and things do, do look really nice on there. Um, I was hearing some weird stuff about your photo rights, of course, when it first went up, but I've never been one to be a big uh, fanatic of thinking, you know, I'm not going to upload stuff because they're going to steal all my rights and steal all my photos or whatever anyway. So um, I never really had a huge problem with that anyway, but I'm sure that's not an issue. Um with, with you uploading your it's your, no different than any of these it's other no different than any now. of the other ones they want they want to have the rights to your photos in case they want to you know advertise with them or whatever advertise google plus with them or um I don't even whatever think it's that as much as i think it's it's you are putting them up in public and yeah. they're covering their butts so you don't come back and say hey you're using my images i don't think they'd blatantly use them in an ad without talking to you no I, that's never ha- that's never happened that i've ever heard by by any of these big services. Yeah, but I, so. think, I think it's CYA. And I think it's also, if you have copyright sensitive images, like I can't steal a bunch of your images and go throw them up in my Google stream. I'm claiming exactly. that you know, I own the copyright. And right, right. Have permission to use so it's it. your normal thing. But from everything I've seen, it looks really great. And I, yeah, I, I definitely want to utilize Google Plus more in the future. And I think as people are, are getting on there more, it's great that, um, you know, that you can put them in these different groups and just have a photography group that you can blast it out to. Because obviously all your friends from high school and things like this maybe don't want to see all that stuff that you put up. Well, and, and, I, and, and likewise, <laughs> you probably don't want to see some of the stuff they put up. when you're, Exactly, you exactly. Know. So if you do want to see what they're doing, you can go straight to that. And if you don't, you, you don't filter, you can, yeah. Right, you can filter, which is, yeah. One of the, and one of the other great things that someone mentioned, because I, I went on there not too long ago and I said, well, what does everybody like about Google Plus more than Twitter, Facebook, you know, blah, 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 or whatever, because I was just trying to get people's feedback. And, and one guy wrote me back and he said that he loved that you could edit uh, what your post, yeah. that you could go back and re-edit if you had mistyped a word, misspelled a word, accidentally put in the wrong URL, uploaded the wrong photo, whatever, you could go back in there and edit it. And that is a good, that is, you know, I, I went and looked at the others and you would have to delete what you yeah, had originally posted to Facebook or, or Twitter and, and repost again, where with uh, Google Plus, you can just edit it quickly. So that is a, another cool feature that they've Yes, they've come up with. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And I can see. I've heard people talk about the work applications, like you could actually do work-related stuff in there. And I, I, I think because that filtering that is somewhat accurate. Um, you know, for instance, because working in a museum, I, I keep my museum contacts in one place, so I see what they're posting about on 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 the Google Plus, and I love it. I think it's great. I think it's yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah, you've been using it a, a, a lot. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I still use the others too. I think I think everything has a place. Facebook's the one that I get creeped out with. I have a love hate with Facebook because it's just. It's so much farting around, it seems. You know, it's such a distraction <laughs> at work yeah. and, and at home and whenever, you know, whenever I get on there, it's like I forget what I was looking for. And Yeah. Know, um, what I'd like is when um, Google Plus is mainstream enough that I'm able to link it to all my other accounts, like I am Facebook and Twitter and all these other things. Because yeah, it'll get there. right now what I don't like is having to go and post things yes. to more than one place. I'm very lazy when it comes to this. I like to I like to upload something to, uh, to Twitter or to Facebook and it to link to – all my other social networks and LinkedIn and yeah, everything else, whatever. And go. right now, Google Google Plus isn't one of those options. You know, I want to upload something to my Tumblr. I want to be able to go straight to my Google Plus as well as my Twitter and Facebook and other things. But I'm sure that'll come right along. I mean, it as will. You said, this um, is the beta. So, from a developer standpoint, what what it requires is a public API, and they will have one. Um, but basically, it's a set of. Uh, 
instructions and commands that you can use to make software that will talk to Google Plus. And so, like, there's two. Well, there's several ways of doing this, and I've I covered this a long time ago on my other podcast. And I need to redo it. But just in case they don't know what we're talking about, like a minute ago, you mentioned Tumblr. Tumblr and Posters and sites like that have preferences in them. And even WordPress, if you use a WordPress blog and probably Blogger, so you can create a post, and then it will automate out to all your other social networks. So, for instance, mm -hmm. if I, what I can do, I think it's so awesome. I, I, I use posters for this, but you could do it on Tumblr just as easily. Is I will I will post from my cell phone via email, and so I'll be out. I'll take a picture, or something that I want to share that I think is really cool. I'll do my editing and all that, and then I email it to my posters address. It knows who I am from the email address it came from. It posts it on posters, and then what it does is it turns around and adds it to Flickr automatically. Uh, it adds it to Facebook automatically, and then it sends a tweet out uh, with a link to the original post. So within one posting, you'd kill four birds. Exactly. And that's yeah. what I like to do. Uh, when I tweet something, I like that it goes to Facebook and everything else. And especially like Tumblr, if I put something on Tumblr, it's going out to all my other social networks yeah. immediately and automatically. And so I'll be glad when Google plus does that, when it does that, I'm sure I'll use it a lot more, especially if I can post things to Google plus and it blasts them out to yes, that uh, all really my nice. other social networks as well. So that'll be, that'll be very cool. Yeah, And I don't know why it couldn't. I mean, they'll, they'll no, no, you're right. It's probably just because it's a beta thing right now and they don't have the public API or whatever, but that I'm sure that will happen yeah, soon enough. It, it could be very cool. Another two that I've tried recently that I like also, um, that I'll use with Google plus, uh, there's, uh, there's Hootsuite. Have you ever seen that one? Mm-hmm. I haven't used it. Yeah, H-O-O-T suite, S-U-I-T-E.com. Is that a Twitter thing? Uh, well, no. It, what it does is it's, it allows you to blast to multiple uh, social networks. So, oh, you know, okay. I create a post in there, and it, it tweets it and puts it on Facebook as well. Uh, that's really nice. It, it also has a really a lot of nice features in it for just, like, Twitter and Facebook management in there that's really cool. Uh -huh. uh, you can, like, view your lists, and you can put them all side by side, so you can, like, follow them like streams. Like, I'll have my photography list in Twitter in one space, and then right next to it I'll have, you know, multimedia, and then right to that I'll have software development and stuff like that uh, so that's very cool and then another one that's very similar uh, that does uh, kind of the same thing is seismic s-e-e-s-m-i-c dot com is that right seismic oh Se seismic is uh it, it's beautifully done it's very well designed and seismic is really good about having apps for phones that will run the same thing and and uh they've done a good job on that the last time i used their iphone app i didn't like it because it made me log into facebook every time i open the app and, and oh, it's pr you. probably fixed that in fact uh the guy who's the ceo of seismic is louis lemur who who did the uh, conference that i spoke at in uh, france last year so okay cool. uh, that's how i heard about him and I, I, they're they, they do cool stuff too so seismic and uh Hootsuite. If you want to, uh, you know, gang post, I think, uh, actually, I, th I still think the coolest is to use posters or, or even Tumblr or even WordPress, because then you're making a blog post. It's a central right. location. Yeah. The rest are echoes of that. And I think that's the way to go. I, I use it. Tumblr a lot. You use Posters a lot. Mm -hmm. um, the same I thing. I mean, yeah, same. Yeah, same thing. And uh, they're they're both great. Yeah. And, and, and also, I think we talked about this last week, but um, no one heard it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> the sound of one hand clapping, <laughs> that's what should title it and put it out anyway. But I get so much inspiration every day um, looking at, at Tumblr blogs. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. All, all the people that I've that I've that I'm following on there. Um, there's so much artistic stuff. And I'm sure the same thing is true for posterous. Um, if you're if you're connecting with a lot of people that are posting photos and artistic work and stuff, but there is just so much great talent and work and 
uh, cool stuff that people are posting all the time that I can just go through it almost, you know, for 30 minutes oh, and just see one yeah. great thing after another and be inspired afterwards. And uh, so it's just one of many places that I hit all day. But Tumblr is a great place for inspiration and to see, you know, other great work. So what, what I'll make a swooping generalization here. But what, what's interesting is posters like the difference I've noticed uh, posters has an uh, Tumblr probably does, too. But they have an email list that they blast out to. So they'll blast your posts out to all your quote unquote followers or whatever. OK. And uh, what, what I've noticed, though, is like if you do multimedia of some kind, so if you're a photographer, if you make videos or something, Tumblr seems to be kind of like that's more the audience on there, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And as a nice contrast, I think posters tends to be there's a lot of photography on posters, but it's uh, you see a lot of people who do graphic design. Uh, infographics are huge on posters. It's like every time I get the email, it's just loaded with these big infographics people are making out of you know, cool. statistics. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. So it's a little more generalized. Uh, and I think Tumblr is a little more like media blogging um and mm-hmm. that's just like i'm totally generalizing here but no but you, what you what you can do if you're not on either is go hang out in both you know for 30 minutes or something and and just kind of tool around there and um see which one you kind of feel more comfortable with so we're telling people kind of, how essentially they could waste their entire day with social media here they're doing this anyway we're just helping them out <laughs> we're all doing this we're just providing the candy is that the deal <laughs> Uh, They'd be yeah. watching TV if they weren't on the internet, so we're just giving them something better to do with their time. You know, but I, uh, anyway, I, yeah, they both just have a little bit different feel to them. Essentially, the same thing, a little bit different audience. So you go to the one that you find, you know, just to be easier to use, more comfortable with, more your audience, and 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 you know, go from there. Yeah. Ted just yawned. I just yawned. It's not you. It's it's me. No, <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not you. It's me. It's this crappy weather we've got, dude. I don't sleep well at night. It's so hot. It's hot. Yeah, here in Dallas, if you haven't heard the complaining and uh, people, your Dallas friends posting uh, thermostats and things every five seconds. Screenshots of their iPhone weather map. We're all melting. Um, I go outside in a tinfoil suit I've made. On oh, a nice. Basis. Yeah. Um, you come back like a baked chicken. Both of our cars broke down last week. I had almost a thousand dollars in, oh, not a thousand dollars, five hundred dollars in car repairs. Could do to heat. Uh, week, my battery went out, and uh, Becca had a car window that something on the inside melted or something. And you know, Jeez. I don't. It's just like this freaking heat. We're talking about like one hundred eight to one hundred ten degrees. It was one hundred eleven a couple days ago. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing is, is like living in the city, you know, and people have seen me whine about this on Twitter, but it's like, you know, all day the streets and the buildings are just absorbing heat. I went out the other night, take the trash out. It was like 11 or something, and then I was like, God, I can't believe it. I came in. It was 110 still or 108 or something. Well, when did, like you do all, when did you night. do all those night shots with the Holga? Uh, well, we, Andy and I went out and shot those. In fact, it's funny that you mentioned that because there was – Was a, that last uh, week? Yeah, it was last week, last Thursday. So it was hot. Oh, God, it was hot. Well, what's funny is is Andy and I were going to – I got Andy involved. We were going to do a podcast for Art of Photography. We are going to do a video thing on, on uh-huh. shooting at night. So I took everything out there, and I was, I was doing it on Hulk and all this stuff, and I got out there, and this is such my thing these days. No CF card. I left it in the computer. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. So we could not do a podcast. So anyway, we kind of agreed that we would do it again, but like yeah. not for a few months. It's bad yeah, right now. Until, yeah, it's just so hot outside. I was shooting the other day a construction crew. My job was to shoot. I had been shooting the progress of what they've been building, mm-hmm. and I was shooting the final uh, – uh, 
you know, thing that they had built and they were loading it up on trucks and stuff. So I was out there with this construction crew for about an hour. That was how long I was set to shoot. And I have to wear the the hard hat and the glass, the goggles and the vest and all the stuff they're wearing for whatever reasons, um, safety precautions. But uh, it was so hot, dude, that I just these guys, I was like talking to them, like just saying, man, just God bless you guys. Yeah, because it's freaking hot out here. And I only have to be out here for an hour shooting with a camera. But you're out here every day in this heat doing hard labor. labor. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah. Become a photographer because. We just get to sit inside all day. <laughs> no, but there have been, what I was going to say, there's, there have been some projects this summer that are, you know, I have to get outside for architecture or yep. stuff like that or whatever. And man, you just want to do it in early in the morning or late at night. But even then it's, it's, it's pretty warm. So I'm, I can't wait for the cooler seasons to come around because it'll be fun to shoot outside again. Is it bad? I mean, like when I, by the time I leave in the morning, which is usually around 845 or so, it's usually, it's already almost 90, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. Yeah, if you get up at five, in you might in the, in the summer. But in this summer, especially, we're, like, setting all kinds of records. Well, we're in a drought, which is part yeah. of it. So there's no rain. Um, there's no water. So people are having to ration water because the lakes are all eight feet down. And uh, the other problem is, uh, we've, what are we in? Is this day 38 today mm-hmm. of over 100 degrees straight? Yeah, so we're definitely. The record is 42. Them. We'll break it this week, I bet. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, so I luckily I've been shooting a lot of like product, which is great. It's all indoors in the product. air conditioning, you know, which is nice, whatever. And I've been shooting a lot of food um, lately, or getting some some different food jobs. So that's been cool. It's all indoors. So I'm just, yeah, I'm just trying to keep it to the indoor stuff. Fruit, fruit, <laughs> fruit, F- fruit. And that's the end of the show. Fruits. Yeah, th- uh, we'll just call this fruit. <laughs> <laughs> I love the obscure titles. Fruit. Just one word. Fruit. Uh, that's like, about I'm it not, for today. I'm not going to watch this show. This show's all about fruit. No, nah, this is a good show. Fruits. Everybody loves fruit in the summer. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I had a snow cone yesterday. People are going to stop listening to this because we talk about like heat for 30 minutes and then we talk about fruit for another 30. People are like, this used to be about photography. It still is because I, I took a picture <laughs> of the snow cone. Oh, there you go. And it was passion fruit. That was the tie-in here, you know. Yes, it's yes. passion fruit snow cone, but it, it, I, the snow cone did not last one block back to my office because oh, you had, got it out there on the street. Yeah, they have a truck. That's like the new thing in Dallas are these trucks. Trucks. I'm surprised they haven't called you to come out and uh, commercially photograph them yet. I know, I know. I think they're cool, and I want. I'm, I'm, I'm getting on the food truck list, so. They have these gourmet food trucks that go all around, and I want to. That's what this is. Because the other big this thing that's huge in 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 Dallas is a uh, street tacos, and I think that's where the food trucks kind of came from. That yep. in you know forever, food trucks have served street tacos in certain neighborhoods, and but now they're just like everywhere. So, um, and I love both of these things. So I'm into the street tacos. I'm sure I'll love. Dude, I cannot get enough of those. Actually, the best tacos. But we really are rat holing here. Yeah, yeah. Let's we the, can cut. Well, no, no. This is important though. The best tacos. <laughs> if, if you go into the hood, we go over to East Dallas at lunch. I haven't done it in a while because it's been so hot. But there's a there's Tacos El Guerrero, which mm-hmm. has bars on the windows. And it's next door to a liquor store, and it is. But all they do are tacos. And so you go in and you, you select your flavors. So they have like pastura, which is the pork and they have uh suadero, which is the beef and mm-hmm. golly, they're good. And they're like a dollar a taco and they serve mm-hmm. it like with cilantro and a little bit of lettuce, a little bit of lime on this um, round tortilla thing. 
that's soft. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll go eat six of those. I mean, they're so good. I'm going to go over and buy those dudes a truck because the problem I have with the gourmet trucks is they're not cheap. No. Those tacos are like four bucks a pop. <laughs> right. Not happening. Yeah. Yeah. I like the dollar tacos. Yeah, $12 for lunch. It's like, no. So I, I guess you're putting fuel into your business, but uh, anyway, we're, we're, we're off onto tacos. We're but, off. Uh, we're, we're way off. Yeah. So yeah. cut that and then back on to <laughs> yeah, we'll what we're talking right about, which was social networks. Well, we're talking about social networks and uh, yeah, they're social, they're networkable. <laughs> There, uh, See, we had a good show last time. Now this one's horrible. Jinxed. This isn't horrible. Well, it's, <laughs> it's bad, but no, it's not. Uh, well, last week we, we we talked about portraits, and the game plan before we hit record was to get into that. But yours yeah. truly had so many announcements. We got into social networking, but uh, well, we can talk about portraits real quick. Maybe just cover some of the bases that we hit on. Well, let's week. let's do this. Let me let me get us into this, and then right. I th- I think. What what happened on the podcast that it, just just so you'll know we recorded the whole podcast and only my channel recorded so you could not hear Wade so it was the sound of one hand clapping literally mm-hmm. and uh, so anyway so we had this great show on portraits that we did well that same week last well it was the week after last week I did a workshop at the Dallas Museum of Art on uh, environmental portraits and the yeah. reason I did it that way is they wanted to uh, the whole the, the original idea was to do a photo walk and okay it's 110 degrees outside we're not going outside I'm sorry for three hours no. so I thought well what can we do inside and so I decided to teach a class on environmental portraits so what we could do is we, we did kind of this class setting and I'd, I'd had a video and we talked about a lot about Arnold Newman who did a lot of these celebrity environmental portraits and I'll talk about what that is in a second but anyway then we went into the galleries and were able to shoot people with works of art and an environmental portrait and if you're not familiar with Arnold Newman go check his work out there's a book or two that are really good too but he shot a lot of people and his whole concept was rather than to shoot these you know headshots that were cropped in real tight which was to use a wider angle lens and shoot them in an environment so if you didn't know who they were you get a sense of what they did so you know the famous yeah. shot of Stravinsky at the piano or uh, JFK in front of the White House or I mean there's a million of them uh, so yeah. they were always in an environment of some kind and the portrait and the environment were worked together so Anyway, we were talking about this, and and what was interesting, and this echoes back to what we talked about in the last episode, but uh, we went into the galleries, and I'm kind of like, okay, go. And everybody was kind of sitting around looking at each other, and then people just start taking pictures of art. And I was like, okay, that's the hardest thing about portraits is that psychological barrier between the photographer and the subject by far. Mm -hmm. Right. And and you've experienced this. You do corporate uh, portraits a lot, don't you? Mm -hmm. I sure do. Yeah, and I mean... You have people who don't want to have their picture taken. Probably you have ten minutes to do it. They've got to go to a meeting. It's right? Like, yeah. Like in any any kind of group that you're photographing, there's always that little bit of tension. No real nobody really likes having their picture taken unless there's someone who gets their photo taken all the time, and then they might not like having their picture taken for other reasons. But most people are just a little uncomfortable with it. And so, um, as a photographer, you have to. We, I know we were talking about last week about being good people. People. As, yes. as photographers, that if you're if you can be outgoing, if you can get people to relax, um, if you can you know make a, a cool environment, play a little music, uh, you know whatever it is to make people comfortable and fun, and and then and get to know them before the shoot starts. Actually, have a conversation with them before you put that camera right in their face and start shooting away. Have a little talk with them and get to know and, and you know so that y'all can connect and then start shooting, then you're going to really get a lot better pictures of these people that are not going to be so frozen uh, with their uncomfortableness and, and fear and everything. So 
Um, that's definitely yeah. something you have to do with any kind of group, but definitely the corporate environment really has a lot of people that can be pretty stiff for one reason or another. So that's something that I've, I've loved the challenge of it. You know, some days I'm not in the mood for it because it, it can be such a challenge. Uh, but, um, that, that's what I really like about it is that it's really making me work hard to make these people comfortable to, um, to, you know, to become a better photographer in that way. Well, it, does, so. it does take a high level of energy. I, I told you a couple of weeks ago, I shot, well, probably about a month ago now, I shot um, a portrait. It was a woman that I actually knew, and she was being featured on the cover of this local right. magazine that's, you know, made in Spanish. And so anyway, uh, it was it was really a big deal because being a Latino publication, she was the first Latino to be featured on the cover of this thing who wasn't an attorney. And uh, it was mm-hmm. a big deal, and she was very flattered, and, and they were talking to her as an artist. I thought it was cool. And, but getting her to smile and look, I mean, she was so afraid that she wouldn't look serious because she was stacking herself up with these attorneys who had been on the cover of this. Uh, and she just did not do that look good. It was not. And and so the, the bulk of the job was just trying to get her to loosen up and -hmm. to get her to kind of roll with it. You know what I mean? She didn't want something that was off the cuff, but it really was the best thing for the job. And we ended up with something that was really cool. One thing that really helped though, and I did have a laptop with me. I think we talked about a little bit about this before, but, but you know, when you're, when you're, when you have an idea and you are trying to get somebody to roll along with it. And of course, you know, most of us are shooting these digitally now is using the little three inch screen on the back of your camera is not enough. Um, you can't tell very much from that, unfortunately, right. including right. when things are out of focus sometimes. And so what we did is actually download the images and we did some ABs and I went ahead and shot some the way she wanted them, which were very, and she saw that they were real stiff and very, uh, you know, not very warm and friendly. And so anyway, right. that helped make the point later uh, of what I was going for with the shot is to be able to show people um, right then and there. This is something that, you know, 40 years ago you couldn't have done. No, you can't show them what's going what's going wrong and how you need to make it right or whatever. They kind of do it with Polaroid backs on things, I guess, but yeah. it was still different, you know. Yeah, it is. It, may, it does make it so easy today, but it's like this in any industry. It's like um, always do what the client wants and then do what you think needs to be done. And I mean, I used to say that as a graphic designer all the time. Yeah. And uh, because there was always that, that was always a problem is that, you know, you had all these great ideas, but the client had these ideas written down that you had to do. Well, fine, just do those ideas, do those ideas for the client. Now you've done what they need. Now show them your ideas. And if they want to make a decision on whatever, you know, suits them best then great but you've done what you wanted to show them and it's the same thing with photography mm-hmm. if they have some ideas and they're adamant about them let let you know shoot those ideas and then start having fun and get and get crazy with the cheese whiz and yeah, uh, really. and and do what you want to do and and you know then let them make a decision from there or maybe you're the one to make the decision from there but um yeah, yeah that's it, the way that's the way to go about it. it instead of fighting them yeah, it, it just depends on who the client is. But a lot of time it is. It's a song and dance, and it's kind of like you got to make your point. It's like winning a debate sometimes, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, making your point clear. It also helps. I think another skill that's involved with that that, that is hard for, for people who are new to photography is being able to communicate what's in your head verbally as well as being able to show them. Uh, you know, when, when I was doing these particular photos I was talking about, you know, we were A-being them, and it still took some convincing to convince the powers that be that, that – the fun ones were the way to go and that the others were too serious. They weren't, you know, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so I don't know. It was just you know, a lot of times it's uh, you know a simple matter of saying, hey, look, you know, you have a real fun personality. You got to flatter them a little bit. Th- this is what you want to go, you know, because you are the photographer. You're going to know that. We're right. the ones that practice this. The ones that go through it. And but the the problem is, and I think it's the same way with design and any other business too. Is it's like when you can't verbalize those things very well and you can't make your points clearly, you're going to lose the argument because they will want to see it their way. Right. And so that and and you know you don't always win the argument. I mean, sometimes people are just tough to. Crack and they it's their way of the highway and it's a power yeah. thing and it really doesn't even matter what the photos look like it'd be photos of a dog at that point you know yeah because they obviously don't care what they look like but it happens and and you know it's but we it, were talking about that some of some of the best photographers out there are people who can really um re- relate to other people and who are good at, at making friends quickly yeah. and 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 good at you know uh speaking uh, with other people and making other people feel comfortable because this is the kind of environment and, and place that you want to get other people into. And so um, whether you can do that naturally as a person or not, it's something that you can work on right. uh, to become better at. It'll, it'll be a major uh, asset. I know, can guarantee you, you if, if you look at people who, who do celebrity work, Mm. that's the kind of people they are because that's they're great with people yeah Yeah. that's what ends up making those jobs work i I tell you a story that um i've talked about a friend of mine that that is now deceased greg booth that uh was unfortunately his career kind of ended before the internet had proliferated so there's a whole generation of people who have no idea who he was but at one point in dallas he was the fashion photographer the annual report photographer he shot a lot of celebrities and did all these crazy things in fact his wife carol i've talked to recently and we're going to do an art of photography podcast on him we're going to record sometime in late august so i'm really really looking forward to that yeah because she's been in the photography business running his studio for 40 plus years so Mm -hmm. i think it'll be a invaluable uh to have her take in fact it might be even kind of cool if she wants to do it sometime to get her on here with us but yeah anyway neither here nor there um when she had told me a story about greg one time and, and they were on a shoot and they were shooting george burns for the cover of a magazine and you know george burns the comedian with the cigar and all that right and they had to go out to vegas to do it he would be in vegas and they would have 10 minutes to get the shot and so uh greg's assistant was about uh George Burns' height, so they've set up the the room how they wanted it and got got the stand in, got the pictures, and so all really George Burns had to do was step in, get the shot, and then they were done. And his agent comes in and says, okay, now I'm warning you, you only have 10 minutes. Well, George Burns comes in. Two hours later, they're still talking and laughing and haven't even started to shoot pictures yet, but that's because Greg was that kind of a person. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when George Burns is telling his publicist, no, you put the next thing off because I'm having fun now. Guess who's going to get the call the next time there's a photo to be taken? Right. You know? Yeah. So I can exactly. guarantee you that the people who do that that are very successful at it, I mean, just check it out what their personalities are like. I think wedding photography can be kind of similar for people who are really successful at it. Oh, it's, yeah. You're again, definitely having to skills. deal with a lot of different personalities yes. and uh, requests and and different things going on. And yeah, so you definitely have to be a, a people person during that wedding. In you, fact, be- I will wager it's pro- weddings are probably tougher with people than celebrities. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, I'm sure. I know that weddings are tough for sure. I've done a few, and um, it's something I can't hang with. But I admire the people who can do that weekend in, weekend out. You know, it's, say, uh, I, I know enough about. It. I've done enough of them to know that it wasn't for me. I mean, it's. I agree. Total respect for people who do that because it's yeah. it is not easy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you got to be on, and you got to be taking shots for you know three, four, five hours straight, and you know. They've all got to be yeah. good. And then you've got the post-production to deal with and going through them with the parties that be. And, you know, it's hard. It's yeah, uh, it's crazy stuff. And but, then um, on top of all that, do a great job. 
Yeah, exactly, and, and not mess up anything, part. and not, any, not nothing can go really wrong. And uh, you have to have backups of everything on hand, and you can't miss the cake shot or the kiss shot or any, there's all these shots oh, that yeah. you can't miss. Or it's like, where is the picture of the first dance? You didn't get that. Oh, How much yeah. whip hang you? Yeah. <laughs> if you could pull that off, there is a lot of money in wedding photography. But oh yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, and especially if you enjoy it, there seems to be so many people out there who shoot it professionally who are wonderful at it, um, and they seem to really enjoy it. I guess they have to because, I mean, they're shooting like you know, uh, several several weddings a month. You know, three or yeah. more weddings a month, and uh, just at, you know when they're not shooting, they're editing, and it's their whole whatever but it's it's something that they love doing and you know there's just different things for different people and for me i quickly found out that was something that i wasn't going to be interested in doing long term right. i think when you're first getting started in photography everybody gets to dabble in wedding photography because you're going to have a friend or a family member or something who's going to ask you to even maybe you know shoot it for cheap or shoot it for free or whatever and you're going to do it to test your chops or you know, get some pictures. Get <laughs> they some will pictures be tested. Of, yeah, get some pictures in the book. So you're gonna go. You're gonna go through experiencing that and quickly find out whether you like it or not. You know. Well, and also, I, mean, I think what what really killed it for me was on the tail end, when you're faced with having to get prints and a book put together, and then the bride and the groom or the whoever's paying for it is just not really interested in spending more money on things at that point. But that's where the photographer, that's where the wedding photographer really makes the money. Yes. Is, is, uh, you know, selling a package up front that includes all these prints. Well, Cause and, the and first thing books. they want to do is get all your shots so they can go get them printed. Cause they, and, and they probably could do it cheaper, but that's not where, <laughs> you know, that's no, not how it no, works. The big guys, they make all the money by keeping all the photos and then, and then selling you, um, everything that you want to buy, you know, sure, an sure. album and prints and, and a video and, and everything else or whatever. And in this, you know, this few thousand dollar package or whatever. So, um, it's that's hard, the way man. that, goes. but yeah, us cheap guys, they just try to, um, they just try to get all the pictures from us. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but, you know, we, you uh, experimental portraits. That's one of yeah, my yeah. favorite kind of portraits to shoot, no matter who I'm shooting and, and what I'm doing is shooting, uh, a musician or a corporate person or uh, any kind of any kind of portrait the, the portraits I did of you or just anything uh, in in some kind of environment that the person fits into well to me that's that's like the, the coolest kind of portrait um, like when you fit me into that elevator back when I put you in an elevator on top of a television this really exactly. sounds strange if you don't know what we're talking about no but yeah for the for this show for the website we <laughs> took some headshots and some portraits of each other or whatever but that was um, an example of a really cool session because like you know we had just decided to do this show and so i called wade over he brought his camera and and you came in with a pretty clear idea of a couple different things we, we could do and they came off pretty flawlessly right of course it, i'm gonna go for whatever but you know yeah. it's uh you know and then we ended up kind of improvising a little bit because there was actually we shot these in the the lobby of the building where my studio is and uh and there was there's an old antique freight elevator which is normally locked and closed, but it happened to be open that day. And there was a television in there, so Wade and I moved all the gear and we did some shots on top of the TV. Did we get any of you in there, or was it just me? Just we just did those for you, but we did headshots of each other for this show. Yeah, I used them. They're on the website if you go to thepublicbroadcast.com. And we and we did some pictures where we're looking at each other with cameras. Yes. 
to yeah, some banner. side profile shots, whatever. But that's another good point is that whenever you are doing environmental photos, it's great if you can go out if, uh, beforehand, if you have the time and scout an area, if you can think about, you know, research the person. It's always good to research whoever you're going to shoot, go to their website, um, figure out as much as you can about them and, and what they represent and what they're about, what kind of environment they might be, might look best in or, you know, best represent them. And then uh, go and scout it out the days before. If you don't have time for that, sometimes I go and scout out as soon as I get to the job, I'll be I'll come in with my equipment, introduce myself, say hi, tell them I'm going to be setting up and stuff, but tell them I'm going to take a look around the office and the building and stuff real quick, and then I'll be right back. And I'll, I do that all the time um, because I, I haven't had a chance to get in there before and take a look around. So And, and then just, yeah, go in. and Like in your building, well, your building's great because it's this older, uh, you know, older building with all these uh, – great floors and walls and exactly so you know with some of these new office buildings you don't have that but you go and try to find the coolest place you can find and then bring them into that environment and um yeah and and you know that can make for some great environmental portraits no matter what you're shooting um and if you can scout ahead of time and and get them out of their building and take them to other locations then that's always great too but yeah but having them in that setting can can really add a lot to the portrait altogether so um, so and they then just you can reserve all- the boardroom and they want you to shoot in there. Exactly, because yeah. that's always it. It's always, well, I just thought we'd do it in the boardroom. With the well, fluorescent that. lights in the window like, mixing <laughs> together. Yeah. And that's another thing is I've made the fluorescent light mistake Uh-oh. once at really bad, and I feel really bad about it. But I was shooting a corporate headshot, and I just forgot that the overhead lights were on. Um, I just didn't think about it. Once I got all my lighting set up and everything, I always go and turn off the lights or always just have a, a, a lamp in a corner, you know, kind of far away so we can right. still see or whatever. But we just got to talking and chatting and doing all that part that we were just talking about so much that I forgot that the overhead fluorescent lights were on. And so I started firing away. And on the back of my camera, once again, it looked good at two inches by two inches or whatever. Um, that all looks good I, at two by two. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. But when I got home, everything was green. And I could, it took me so long and so much editing to get those, that green out of those pictures. Um, you because did it save it. Huh? You were able to save it. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I got her of like five it. hours or something. <laughs> She's like, why is the color all pulled out of this? <laughs> Cause your lights are bad. I think Cause I suck. Hey, we've all done it. But you know, again, that comes back to the, that's what's hard about doing some of these, these kinds of jobs is when you're, when you're doing portraits, there's so many things to think about that, that have nothing to do with the camera, you know, totally. you're uh, thinking making of- sure the person's relaxed, what the end result's going to be, blah, blah, blah. And, and, uh, than actually shooting. Oh yeah, I got to do that too. I mean, yeah, lighting in general is one of the the the, the you know major parts of what we're doing here. Right. So me leaving those fluorescent overhead lights on was a huge mistake. Um, it's not something I'm really noticing, and I'm knowing my flashes are going off and all this thing. So, but um, that's something you got to take care of right away. Is scope out the lighting in that room. Is there cool lighting coming from a window? Are there fluorescent lights in the room you need to shut off, or any other kind of lights that are going to interfere? I even I've even had a light interfere just one of those round overhead um, lights you know, in the ceiling that was kind of bright and coming Mm -hmm. down on the subject in a weird way and kind of didn't notice it till a little bit into the shooting and looking at the back of my camera, you know, looking at the photo on my camera and and then all of a sudden going, where is that light coming from? Oh yeah, there's a beam right coming down (laughs) the top of their head. 
you know, so you got to just be on, you got to be on the lookout for all these things all the time. It's a cool plus shadow know, under your nose. Exactly. Exactly. Plus, plus know your camera, plus get to know your subject. It's a lot, it's a lot to do, but the more you do it, the more comfortable you become doing it. And a lot, and the more, a lot of it becomes second nature, which is great. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, should we, uh, should we move on to the picks of the week? Yeah, let's do that. Do you have anything? Um, yeah, I've got a few that I wrote down real quick. Uh, one is I just got the new CA, the communication arts, uh, photography annual. They just oh, yeah. came out with it and it's great as it always is. Um, it, it's just a great resource for, um, uh, for, for looking at photography and being inspired and the kind of the best stuff that's out there of, of the year in, in all different kinds of categories. So if you get a chance to go to the bookstore or order that online or even go look at it online. If, if you can um, find a bookstore. Yeah, exactly. They're all closing down. Uh, Communication Arts Photography Annual 52 is a great one. So um, that's my pick of the week. Uh, I am here. I'm looking this. Okay, here it is. I'm going to do for my pick of the week. Um, well, first of all, here, I'll do a couple here. Okay. There's a reason why. Uh, you've already you've already heard most of them. So um, Google Plus. I'll add oh. that as a pick. All right. So, but if you want an invite, remember send send me or Wade a direct tweet, and we'll get yeah. you hooked up. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I'm going to do this is uh, I'm gonna, I'm reading off of an email. Uh, Mark Latrell, who is a listener of the show, sent me a pick of the week suggestion, and I thought it was pretty good. It's an iPhone app. And let me read you his email here. It says, Ted, I wanted to pass along a cool free app for the iPhone. So this is free. It's called Front View. It's a cool little app that takes images, either taken with the phone or images copied into the phone from a DSLR, and you can do perspective correction. And this is so cool. Wade may have uh, more of a use for this than you do. That's nice. So I don't really. Well, he have knows a I shoot a lot of architecture. I think he means. Well, yeah, but no, I mean, I think he means I'm such a badass that uh, <laughs> you get I, it right the first time. Yeah, I mean, your pictures, you just kind of need this a little more than I do. That's funny because I, I forgot he wrote that. Uh, so okay, so here's what the deal is. So if you take a picture, like you're saying architecturally, and the iPhone's really bad about this because it's a really wide angle lens, and thus the perspective distortions creep in so your lines aren't straight. Uh, the other thing is the view angle. Like sometimes you're shooting slightly up at something mm -hmm. and you can tell you're shooting slightly up at something because the way the perspective hits. And mm -hmm. so what this app allows you to do is, and this is what Mark is saying, you can shoot a photo on the phone and you pull off your camera roll or you can even import it from a DSLR onto your phone if you want. Uh, but what you can do is actually go in here and you put your fingers on the four corners and you can actually kind of straighten this thing up. And it's a very cool little app. Um, and he sent me some uh, screenshots of some stuff he'd done, which are, which are pretty cool. Uh, Mark's a good guy. He's from, he's from Little Rock, Arkansas. Little Rock. His endorsement here is, when I need it, it gets the job done. Uh, how can you argue with that, dude? Nice. And, so, and what's the name of it again? It is called, uh, did I give you a name? Front View. Front View. Okay. Front View. So it works, cool. works kind of like, you know, it's, it's funny, too, because I did a series of podcasts on large format photography a couple months back. And, uh, you know, how when, when you're working with 4x5 or 8x10, you've got these standards on the camera, and you can use those. It's called tilt and shift. Well, recently, thanks Ted. to... Sorry? What? Uh, you're cutting in and out on no, the Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. I will... Uh, let me hold still. All right. I just heard Ted. I was like, uh oh. No, well, you're, even your voice went away. <laughs> All right. Am I good now? Can you hear yeah. me? Yeah. All right. Gotta love Skype. Uh, anyway, we're talking about four by five cameras, and there's a, this this thing this this technique called tilt and shift, which thanks to Flickr and a few other people have kind of made that seem like it's supposed to be this effect where you get where you throw the focus out, and that is kind of a byproduct of tilt and shift. But what tilt and shift is designed to do is to 
to correct those imperfections and distortions. And this app kind of does that. So very cool, very handy, very utility. It is free, which is very cool. And uh, as Mark yeah, points out, yeah, that sounds is, awesome. This that sounds is, fun. Yeah, this is different than the straighten command in Photoshop Express. So um, it's definitely. Uh, for correcting uh and and i really like when he says wade ha- might have more of a use for this <laughs> well you know on that note real quick um I, yeah. I do shoot a lot of architecture i'd say that's a that's a huge part of what i do mm-hmm. uh, it's becoming more and more a part of my portfolio all the time and it's something that i really love because i've always enjoyed architecture and buildings and especially modern architecture i just i love that stuff so so combining the two things architecture and my love of photography together and getting to do that is something that's really cool but on the note of the tilt shift lens when i first started going out and shooting all the time i would rent those a lot because those are very expensive lenses and it's not something that i'm going to just right off the bat have on hand and um i wanted to see how i worked with them in the field versus just shooting with a really wide angle lens like i do most of the time and um while i did love shooting with a tilt shift lens i found that it slowed me down it, it on every shot, you know, it slowed me down because of the adjustments I had to make to get the everything just right. Oh, yeah. uh, so after using it a, a few times, I made the decision, and I've stuck with this decision since then. And it, you know, it's maybe something I stick with in the future, or I may change and go back to shooting with a tilt shift lens. But I just love shooting with a wide angle lens the whole shoot, and it, 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 if I get some, you know. Uh, perspective distortion because I'm looking up or down or whatever a little bit. I always try to shoot straight on, but if I have to, because something's very tall or whatever, then it's just like digital has made everything so easy. Now being able to manipulate something and correct that distortion in seconds in Lightroom or Photoshop is so easy that it's all, it's easier and faster than even using this $3,000 tilt shift lens. So, um, that's the way I go about it. Um, shooting architecture now is I could be using front view on your phone. Well, that may be the next step. Once the uh, iPhone goes up to, you know, 15 megapixel or something, I'm on it. But uh, I bet you that's not far away. I know. I know. That's frightening. Yeah. But anyway, I just want to throw that out there that, that, um, speaking on that same subject is that a lot of people use that tilt shift lens and it's great if you have the time or maybe you're just shooting one setup or two but if you're shooting a lot of things in a four or eight hour period um, I just well and if you have something that's particularly angle. problematic because uh, I think you if you're doing extreme adjustments you will end up with some cropping in post yes yeah. definitely and because mm-hmm. uh, it's going to try and straighten things out and you know get rid of harsh angles and stuff like that. But I think Wade's point is is very well taken. If you don't need it for something extreme, you can manipulate a lot of that. And if you don't know what you're doing on a tilt shift lens or view camera or anything like that, it can be very daunting to try to figure that out, yeah. especially when your focus is getting thrown and things like that. But uh, yeah. But cool. anyway, still fun to work with and uh, still still great lenses. But um, you can you can work both ways. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, remember if you um, if you got a Holga and it's Holga project time, get your film back, and we need to uh, move the cameras on to other folks. And hopefully, uh, I will do a announcement about a live development. That that sounds like it's going to be really exciting. And I promise, watching somebody develop film is is just above watching paint dry. But we will do it. It will be fun. We'll do yeah, a Q&A. I think, I, think that, can, that, I, think, I think that'll be cool. Well, if I we mean, use Ustream or something, people can ask questions in the chat room, and you and I can kind of answer or whatever, and, you know, yeah, I'm assuming I mean, you'll be there. I, I, I'll come over. Invite. <laughs> I'll come. <laughs> Develop it. Wade will come. I'll just be walking in the background and stuff, making faces, going awesome. past the door really slowly and stuff like that. You'll be the but entertainment. You'll, you'll be doing the important stuff. Well, I guess that's about it for today. 
Okay, man. Good talking to you. You're going to make your movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to go see this really artsy film that Becca doesn't want to go see with me today. What, and, what is uh, it? What is it? I, I got your text, but uh, I didn't, I didn't yeah, click on the link. I was lazy. Love, man. If you can't make it today, you should definitely go see it. Um, I can't even remember the name of it, but it's about the, the environment um, of America in the South kind of changing from rural to very urban very quickly. That sounds cool. And, uh, yeah, it just, it just – it's it looks like it's filled with great uh, photography and cinematography and um, – and music and voiceover and stuff. Is this so in it, this email you've sent that I haven't read? Yes. General yeah. Orders number nine? That's it. That's it. General Orders number nine. It's playing at the Texas Theater. They're only playing it once a day. They're playing it today at four. So I'm either going to go see it alone or Becca, drag Becca, and then she's going to make fun of it afterwards. So I don't know which. Didn't the, which didn't the guy who shot the president go in there? <laughs> yes. Lee Harvey Oswald. And they've gotten a lot of flack lately. All their T-shirts have Lee Harvey Oswald on them. But like they said, they're not promoting the guy. They're just not denying uh, you know, what happened they're in history. They're promoting their theater. So, yeah. yeah, they're promoting their theater. I mean, That's everybody that comes in there says, well, isn't this where Lee Harvey Oswald was shot? Why, yes, he's on our T-shirts. Hey, I've gotten some uh, YouTube comments here on, on the, uh, on the uh, Art of Photography. <laughs> Art of photography, the art of photography, uh, extras that I'm putting. I put up this morning and uh, some random thoughts on developing a, one style. Uh-huh. And uh, first comment here is, uh, next time you should turn off the fan. <laughs> and the People sec- are so cool. Oh, yeah. And the second comment is, I like the AOP extras, but it would be cool to hear misspelled about style in an open dialogue with other photographers and you. So I got to get you in one of these, Wade. Okay. Yeah, we'll do something. Uh, you people, use the spell check, man. Come on. Fine. Don't look like an I mean, idiot. I don't want to look like a dick and say, hey, I got two comments and oh, spelling. But I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing I worry about with YouTube is it's it's everything. I mean, the people. It's a wild neighborhood you move yeah. into there. Yeah. But. Yeah. You get spray painted in the face. <laughs> You're just trying to do a little street show. Yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> we are right at the 59 minute and 13. Cool, man. Seconds. All right. Maybe you can even cut out that whole part about heat and other crap we talked about. I like that stuff, man. Oh, let's leave it in for the people gold. who want to complain. Just send your remarks. We don't you care. You know, people like the, people like the band. Do whatever the heck we want, people. I mean, we, it's like, yeah, what are you going to be like? I don't know. It gets really nerdy to sit here. Okay, uh, depth of field is calculated by you exactly. Know. You know what? If other guys really like to talk about weather too, so we're gonna yeah. get the weather nerds. Weather nerds. Even even the uh, gear guys are about weather. Uh, that's right. They, hey we, man, you bought your Nikon D seven thousand. It's really hot right now. Uh, the D seven thousand handles. I was shooting food in a kitchen the other day, and I thought it was gonna. I thought the stoves and stuff were gonna melt my. Uh, like soft boxes and umbrellas and stuff. Actually, <laughs> it was that hot. Actually, that's not. Yeah, if you're depending on what kind of lighting you're using, that is a possibility sometimes. Yeah, I could definitely feel the the heat coming off those stoves, and then you know that material that's made out of. I guess oh. it's flame retardant, hopefully, but usually is. But you know, it, I've I've cooked some lights before. When I do video stuff, it's like that's I've melted umbrellas more than oh, yeah. once. Um, stuff can get too hot and just. Yeah, it, it go can. Down. And that's why, God, I wish the money would come down. And this is worth a whole nother podcast episode, but where the technology is going on a lot of these lights and stuff is towards LED. Mm-hmm. And even companies that do like outdoor lighting design, things like that are starting to move towards LED now because they're much more green towards the environment. Uh, but they also um, uh, are a lot less hot. And 
white balance is, is a lot easier. You can control things. There's RGB LED. Anyway, I won't get into this today. You're talking about for video especially. Uh, for Especially for video, but yeah, you could use them for photography as well. Now, photography is yeah. a little different because of the way flashes work. You you burst this huge amount of power just like in a split second. Right. So it's not continuous. So it's a right. little different. The heat doesn't build up as much. So, But yeah, if you're using any kind of continuous lighting, and, and I've, I've known photographers who've done that too. Um, That's why it's hard for it's photographers to use continuous lighting. Yes, it is. Uh, but once because the price has come there's down. There's nothing big and bright enough, really, to do well, what you do with flashes or strobes. Yeah, and I think, honestly, if that weren't the problem, I think much, most photographers would rather light with continuous just because. Oh, I definitely would. Yeah, you can see what you're getting. You see if there's weird shadows without having right. to check, you know. Yeah. Um, but the problem with the LEDs is the, the technology is still pretty expensive right now. So you're, you're looking at, you know, a couple grand for a, for a, uh, for a light. So, I mean, it, you know, yeah. one day. Yeah, one it's day. There. Yeah. We can only cool. Okay, right. man. Good talking to you. Definitely. Likewise, it's been another episode of the Photography Show. Thanks for listening.